about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Four Horsemen Podcast. Hopefully everyone had a uh, great holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, anything you celebrate. Hopefully it was the greatest uh, couple of weeks of your entire life. Uh, as we head into the uh, the big game this upcoming weekend, Notre Dame at the, uh, the real USC, which is South Carolina. They're playing in the big bowl game. And we're going to touch on all that. We're going to touch on uh, the USC game and a couple of other things. But yeah, we we have a first here today at, at the Four Horsemen. It's, uh, it's a really exciting interview. Uh, first interview with an upcoming player for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So uh, this is a guy that I think just kind of yeah, has has gotten it, quote unquote, over the course of uh, his time, and he's uh, he's been an exemplary, uh, you know, kind of model of of what a Notre Dame Fighting Irish man is, and you know, pretty excited to uh, to have him on the team and in the program over the course of the next couple of years. Hopefully, a future Bednarik winner, Butkus. He's already won a Butkus in high school. A whole bunch of other awards coming his way with a rich history of linebackers at Notre Dame. I'm going to introduce now Drake Bowen. Drake, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Drake, you, you really don't need no introduction if people are fans of the program. Uh, but for sake of people who may be listening for the first time, hell of an episode to pick up on. Maryville, Indiana, Andrean High School, um, the 2022 Buckets Award winner, Indiana's Mr. Football, 2022 First Team All-State, 2021 First Team All-State as well. Uh, the thing that I was looking at when I was looking at your stats, you ran 242 times in a year. I, I would be broken if I did that. Uh, so that, that impressed me over two years, over 300 Russian attempts for uh, over 2000 yards. And I believe 40 plus TDs. I can't do quick math, uh, but defensively 249 tackles, eight sacks and five interceptions, uh, pretty much everything. Uh, so I'm going to ask the first question of the evening. Can you also punt or kick? Because I love special teams. <laughs> Um, actually I can punt. I was the punter for, for my team this year. Um, in the last game I was averaging like 42 yards a punt, um, with like three, four second hang time. So, um, so yeah, I, I can punt it pretty well. Well, be sure to tell coach Mason, uh, that in, in case you need another one and if they need a backup, that's awesome. Uh, so really your your recruiting journey has been well documented both online uh, and through Twitter. Uh, so before we get into a lot of things, being a recruit now, I I got recruited for Division three football, very different than what you've been doing. Uh, what tell us about the process? What was your favorite part about the process? What didn't you like? Uh, my favorite part was probably getting to visit places and like meet coaches. Um, you know, see places that, you know, you'll really only see on TV, like, you know, getting to sit front row at a Notre Dame game or getting to sit, you know, wherever at, a, at another game. But in the meet, like coaches that, you know, you really don't see anywhere, um, you know, Lane Kiffin, you know, when Coach Cubs, I got to meet him, um, Coach Freeman, you know, I, I saw him on TV when he was at Cincinnati and, and you know, I talked to him over the phone, but that's, really nothing like actually meeting in person and talking. So, 
just meeting those guys is probably the coolest part. Um, and then probably the not not the worst part, but the most the part I didn't like the most was definitely the phone calls. Um, just all of that stuff. It was it was a lot of stuff to take in, and it was probably five six phone calls a night. Maybe some nights were a little more, some were less. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of stuff throughout the week. So uh, that was that was probably not the most enjoyable part. Now I wrote down you you were being looked at by LSU. Was that when Coach O was still over at the program down there? Yes, sir. So those phone calls must have been fun fun to have, have to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, they were. They were. They were a challenge. Uh, and then, just my my other question: uh, Your final three came down to Notre Dame, Clemson, and Auburn. Obviously, all great baseball programs as well. Uh, re- what differentiated Notre Dame for you out of all the all the schools? So, you know, I just it came down to a couple of things. Um, you know, I had a good relationship with both baseball, football for for you know, Auburn, and. Um, Notre Dame, Clemson, I didn't have a great relationship with the baseball coach, so it kind of just ruled them out. Like, they were they were my number three, but really it was between Auburn and Notre Dame. And so, um, you know, when, when, when going through everything, um, you know, they both laid out a plan for me, so it wasn't like I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, at the end of the day, it was just, you know, Coach Green was a big selling point for me. I couldn't, couldn't tell him no. Um, you know, I could tell basically any other school in the country no and be okay with it, but Coach Freeman, I just couldn't tell him no and just move on. Um, and then, you know, the degree. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's degree will take you anywhere in the world. And, uh, you know, that's not a knock on Auburn's degree or anything. It's just, you know, it's it's Notre Dame degree, and, you know, you get that and you're, you're set for life. Absolutely agree. Now, in regards to the the, you know, the recruitment process, and thanks for bringing us through that. What was the exact moment that you just you knew? You know, th- this is home. You know, I'm I'm gonna pull the trigger. I know, obviously, as you mentioned, Marcus Freeman had a lot to do with that. But can you describe that moment for us? Um. Yeah. So it was probably a couple days after the Auburn game, um, like Wednesday, I believe. Uh, you know, I was sitting in my garage. It was after a football practice. I was talking with my dad. Um, you know, my brother, one of my close, close friends, my dad's close friend, they were just asking me questions about it, um, you know, just about the three schools, like pros and cons of each, stuff like that. And then, um, you know, I was just like talking with them. And that's kind of when I figured out, like, OK, Notre Dame's Notre Dame's it. I, I really that was the point of new where I knew that I was just comparing everything to Notre Dame, where Notre Dame was was on top and I was comparing them to Notre Dame. And, you know, nothing could really beat out Notre Dame. So that's really what I knew is just you know, talking with my parents and family. And that that's just kind of hit me. That's awesome. Now you've obviously traveled throughout the South. You've been to Notre Dame countless times uh, on game day. Uh, when you had to look at environments and then you're thinking of yourself as a player, uh, you know, on the field, is there a certain place you're looking forward to playing the most other than Notre Dame? Probably Texas A&M. Um, that's, that's probably a big one. Um, you know, Miami. Uh, I, I am really looking forward to going to Ireland. That's another one that I'm super excited about. But um, probably uh, Texas A&M, um, you know, SEC, 
uh, environment. Um, you know, their their fans are crazy. Um, they're going to be loud. So I'm I'm definitely excited for that one. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, in in regards to you know, now, just kind of shifting a little bit. It, you know, once we get on campus, I know that at the beginning of the call, um, prior to recording, you mentioned you're going to be there in just a couple of weeks here, but uh, shed some light on uh, on the fans. You know, what's going to be the living arrangements? Do you have a roommate yet? You know, do, it, have you been kind of given any sort of clue as to how your campus experience is going to be when you first arrive in a few weeks? Um, so they really haven't given us um, our roommates yet. They haven't given us our class schedule yet. Um, I actually just emailed one of the people helping with um you know the, the welcome week and everything and so um we'll, we'll wait to see and hear from him but uh they haven't given us much regarding to that but um you know as far as my schedule i know that you know right when i get there i'm, I'm baseball football right away um and then classes so i know when i get there my schedule is going to be a little more uh you know tough um, especially it being the off season for for football that's kind of when when my my stuff gets a little little more rough um, whereas like, you know, in, in the spring, it's a little more toward baseball and then, uh, not this year, it won't be a little more towards football, but next couple of years, and then in the fall, it'll be a little bit more towards football. So, um, you know, those are just, those are just little things for me where I know that I'm, I'm going in, um, you know, and I'm going to be on a rough schedule. So, um, but you know, it'll, other than that, I haven't gotten the time, so. Awesome. And I just have one more question off of that and I'll pass along to one of my colleagues. So you're coming in at two, six, two, two twenty five, or, you know, that's where you were listed and that could fluctuate a little bit here or there, especially around the holidays, at least for me. But, um, can you describe, I know you mentioned, you know, you, once you get there, I imagine that, you know, coaches are going to have you on some sort of program, but what has been your experience up to this point in regards to your workout regimen? What have you been doing? That's been working to obviously get you into in, in, you know, great shape. Yeah, so we, uh, we, I had my personal programs, um, you know, we, uh, we, we made it with my, one of my dad's friends who's, uh, who's a big into workouts. He, uh, he was in high school strength and conditioning coach, also D-line coach, so, um, defense coordinator. So he, he understood the workouts. So I did that. And a lot of, a lot of it is high rep, low weight stuff. So it's a lot more, a lot conditioning built in already to it. Um, so that's kind of what I've done uh, so far um, throughout the winter and then in, in season two. So That's awesome. Now, before we get into the, the fun questions here, do you, do you know what your major is going to be yet? Or are you undecided? Finance. Okay. Another friend of the program. Uh, I think you'll be taking some classes in the Tom Mendoza Business School. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. is a big fan of us on Twitter, so that that's always great to hear. Uh, and Steve is our. And once your uh, once your illustrious football career is done in 25 years from now, after a couple of Hall of Fame bids, you can hit me up for a job in finance. I got you. I might recruit him first, Steve. Uh, now. <laughs> Drake, you, you're known as as almost the quasi leader of this class coming in. The, the recruiting class, you, you're you've been a great spokesperson for Notre Dame. Uh, when someone's going to commit, uh, whether it's someone you know is going to commit to Notre Dame or someone that you've been trying to get to commit, wh- what's that look like for you? You know, January third, someone's committing. How, how do you? What do you do? Do you text them one one last time to remind them of ND? Uh, well wishes. What what does a commitment day look like for you? 
So, yeah, you know, if somebody puts out a commitment date, um, you know, I'll, I, it's hard because once somebody puts out a commitment date, usually they know where they're going to go. Um, you know, sometimes they don't and they, uh, you know, they, they're a little last minute. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll try, to, try to find one, you know, like it's a big guy um, or somebody that I've been talking to. I'll, I'll text them. And, uh, you know, like try to tell them like why, why they should be ND or something like that. Um, and so, um, but yeah, that's, that's just what I do. I, I try to send the text out, um, you know, just like super excited for you. Um, you know, remember why, why ND was here, say something about ND, um, and then just like, you know, I'll support you anyway. Love you, bro. Something like that. Um, and so, you know, that's, uh, that's just kind of what I do. Um, but I know. It's a lot harder on a commitment because, you know, most of the time they have their mind made up once you set out a commitment date. So, yeah, that's, yeah. And uh, so that's going to transition us to uh, honestly one of the tougher questions. Uh, Obviously, just with recent events with National Signing Day recently, there was uh, another Bowen that was signaling he was going to come to ND. Unfortunately, didn't quite work out that way. Um, you can be as, as coy as you want and, and not give us much information, totally respectable and understandable if you don't want to air anybody out. But if, if there's anything that you could share in regards to the circumstances, uh, you know, just a pre-qualifying statement, we at the Horseman podcast, extremely pro player. Uh, we want to make sure that you guys are, are not feeling more pressured than entirely necessary and that you should be doing what's best for your family. So just, that's a pre-qualifying statement. But any any light that you would be able to shed on it as much as you'd like, you know, obviously all the fans are dying to know. Um, yeah, you know, it was just a wild day for, I'm, I'm guessing, him. Uh, I know it was a wild day for, for a lot of people um, that were involved with that. But, uh, you know, he, he did something he felt was best for, for him, um, you know, best – Best for um, you know his, his whatever whatever he needed to do. He felt that uh, Oklahoma was best for him, his family, um, you know whatever, whatever mental health, some whatever he he thought um, he, you know he thought it was best for him. And so uh, you know that sucks for us. Um, we we really wanted him. Um, you know the relationships we have built, uh, but you know it, it's it's something that uh, you know everyone has to do. Um, you know you got to choose what's best for you. I thought Notre Dame was best for me. Um, I'm assuming other people didn't. So, um, you know, that's just something that, you know, we we all have to live with and, you know, accept that he he did something that was best for him. And so, um, you know, I, I, still, I still have a friendship with him. I still support him. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping the best for him. Very classy answer, uh, which we all appreciate. And also another, you know, great thing for Notre Dame fans to take into consideration. There's two other great safeties in this class already in Ben Minich and, uh, and Adam Schuler. So, you know, the the future's still bright in South Bend, but I'll I'll pass along to one of my colleagues here. But thank you for that insight. Yeah, uh, kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek question here, but you you grew up a, a Bama and Texas fan. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Yes, sir. All right. So this is going to – I read that in another interview. That's not breaking news for us or anything. Uh, I'm 31, almost 32. So when you were becoming a Bama fan, they were breaking my heart. Uh, when you were growing up, did you have a favorite Notre Dame player? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, Notre Dame was always on. Um, you know, just just because it's it's Notre Dame, um, we 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 watched Notre Dame because it was usually one of the better games on. Um, so if it wasn't Alabama or SEC something, 
um, or a big game, like a, like a one and four, whatever it was, um, usually Notre Dame was on, um, or at least, you know, we were turning to it to, to look to score something like that. But um, other than that, I didn't really, like, look in depth into too many players. Um, I had heard of Jalen, Jalen Smith. Um, I had heard of Manti Teo, Drew Tranquil. So, um, you know, those guys I'd heard of, but I never really, like, looked, looked in depth into them, so. You just aged me about 40 years because those were the guys that I, I was obsessed with uh, back in, in my 20s, uh, not even when I was a kid. Uh, back when I was watching football, Justin Tuck still had the sack record. Uh, so that's saying something there. Uh, and then my my last question personally, you all obviously are close friends. Is Madden the game? Is 2K the game? What game do you all hop on? Um, Madden's the big one for, for me, and, and I know Don plays Madden. Um, but, uh, you know, Call of Duty is another big one. Uh, a lot of the people in that group chat play that, but, um, I know a lot of people play Madden, so that's usually like the big one. If you're ever one, not like ever, ever, ever want to hop on, that's what, uh, that's what the game is. All right. Let's make some waves in the group chat here. Who is the best player? Um, I don't know. Probably, um, well, I guess it used to be Peyton. Peyton was really good. And then, uh. Me and Don would always play, and, and so sometimes I'd be Don, sometimes he'd be me. But I haven't played too many other people, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know yet. All right. If the group chat is listening, which I'm sure they will, that, that sounds <laughs> like you're, you're calling the rest of them out. <laughs> uh, Steve, Dylan? Dylan? Yeah, I've got some questions. Um, Drake, you mentioned, uh, you know, Notre Dame because of the degree. Uh, that's such a big part of it. Um, do you know what you're majoring in yet? Has that been decided? Finance. 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 Wow. That, well, that's the perfect school for it, isn't it? Um, uh, something we've noticed, too, is just with the way you are in interviews and your social media account, you kind of seem like a Notre Dame fan. Like, you talk like us. The, the Lou Holtz quote was so great. Did you go through, like, an indoctrination process after your commitment? Did you, know, consume a lot of content, watch all the videos? Um, a little bit. Um, you know, I just, I just kind of, um, you know, learned, learned more about Notre Dame as it went along. Um, we, we met people, um, Notre Dame fans, and so it just, you know, especially being from around where I am, you know, only an hour from South Bend, um, you know, a lot of Notre Dame fans here. So it's just like you meet new people that are Notre Dame fans every day and kind of teach you new things. Um, that you may have not known before. And so uh, that's that's really what it was, just a lot of meeting people and then just learning new things. I think I think something people don't realize is that you're, you're a two-sport athlete and not just at the high school level. Like like Steve mentioned, you'll be playing baseball at Notre Dame. Um, and on top of that, you'll be having a really rigorous academic schedule. Um, you know, you mentioned it, the schedule being brutal, but have you kind of prepared yourself to navigate that two-sport lifestyle and you know, Notre Dame has had some successful two-sport athletes, especially, you know, Jeff Samarja playing football and baseball. Yeah, you know, I am I think I'm prepared for it. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to make my high school experience as rigorous as possible with two sports. Um, and so, you know, it's – it's it, it was tough in school, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be I'm, – I'm, I know for certain it's going to be uh, challenging at Notre Dame. So it's uh, – but it's, it's something I've wanted to do that I've, I've always wanted to do my entire life. And so, um, you know, I think I'm prepared for what, what it's going to take. And so I'm super excited to to get there and, and, you know, do it. That sounds good. I know you get, you're going to be one of the fan favorites for sure. Um, I think that's something we've noticed. The day you committed was 
you know, I call you Captain Notre Dame, like Captain America. Uh, I think you you represent the program in the best light. So that, those are my questions, and I'm just I'm glad you're on, and I'm I'm really excited to see you wear the Golden Dome. So as we're uh, we're getting down the final stretch here and going to wrap up shortly, and thanks so much for your time here. Um, you know, something that's entered the milieu of of uh, you know the college football landscape over the last couple of seasons, obviously, and it's the talk of the town these days. It is name, image, and likeness nil. Um, Again, you, you can be as thorough or as coy as you want to be in the answer here, but have you had any offers throughout your time, uh, whether it's post-commitment, uh, you know, pre-commitment, you know, pre or has there been any opportunities that have presented themselves to you? Yeah, so not really um, you know, after commitment or really anything in high school. Um, you know, a, lot of, a lot of people I know, there's not rules in Indiana yet, so it's kind of like, especially with my family, we were – very like iffy about it because we don't want to end up you know doing something and then all of a sudden we we get in trouble and can't can't do anything so um you know we didn't really have very much uh in, in high school and so once i graduated um and then you know and now enrolled in notre dame that's when you know, i've started to get more messages about it um and so uh but but yeah we we really wanted to not really do anything in high school just so that we didn't get in trouble for anything and that's the right way to do things. And, you know, I, I want, I think I'm speaking for the rest of the guys on the podcast here. You know, we all want you guys as players to, to be able to get what you're worth, but you know, we have seen some of the ugly side of things. So it's uh, we, we, you know, it makes you wonder what sort of regulation might come down the way, but at the very least, it sounds like you're doing things the right way, which is certainly appreciated. Uh, the final question I'm going to have on my end here for the interview. And again, thank you for your time. Uh, you know, we look back and let's call it five years from now. Uh, you know, what, what would be Drake Bowen's, uh, what, what's your experience at Notre Dame? What were your accomplishments? Uh, you know, what, what were you, what are you looking to do over the course of the next four to five years with and you, and your time in South Bend? Um, so with, I guess our first earn, earn my degree. Um, that's, that's a big one. Um, you know, national championships in both sports. That's, that's what I want to, I want to win. Um, you know, as far as, as far as uh, you know, football goes, definitely the buckets. Um, you know, but really, just that—that be freshman All-American is something that I, I want. But uh, you know, that that's going to take work, learning from other people, and so um, you know that that's a tough one. But that's that's one of the ones I want. Um, and then, but, but you know, overall, it's just national championship. Um, I want to bring the national championship back to Notre Dame and. And put Notre Dame where it's where it's supposed to be at at the top again. So you're gonna Love make that. Steve cry. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray Guy Award nominee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't have any more questions, Drake. This has been awesome. You you obviously know Notre Dame is a spot for you. We're looking forward to seeing you on the field. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to wear 34 again. Uh, have you, have they talked about numbers with you yet? That's actually my last question. We, we submitted our numbers, but uh, we haven't heard anything back yet. So uh, we're not sure. All right. More to come on that. Well, uh, we're looking forward to, to watching you in the blue and gold. Uh, good luck with baseball starting. And uh, that's all I got from me. Dylan. No, that's it. Well said. Thank you, Drake, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
Absolutely. Congratulations with everything. You're obviously welcome anytime. Um, and, and tell the boys too, anytime that anyone wants a platform, <laughs> they have a safe space here. You know, we're going to make sure that you guys, if you have a voice that, that wants to be heard, you got a home here at the Four Horsemen podcast. And thanks again so much for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, that had to be the most awesome interview we've done. No offense to the other guests we've had on, uh, but Drake, Captain Notre Dame, first team all interviewer. Uh, wow. So thank you again, Drake and uh, the Bowens for, for having such an exceptional human come on our podcast today. Uh, but we have some business at hand, fellas. Uh, the real USC. The University of South Carolina. Let's go. Let's go. It's a oh, bold way, I'm back, guys. Happy to, happy to see everybody. Oh, Dylan is back. Officially back. Two yes. USC's in a row he's back for. That is <laughs> correct. I, uh, I finished my time in Ireland, and I'll be back uh, on the show. So... Thanks for taking over, uh, and I can't wait to beat uh, – you guys are calling it the real USC. I don't know how I feel about that. Because we're trying to trigger a fan base. That That's what we're doing here, Dylan. It's hard to trigger a fan base that has 14 fans, and they're all from this year. So And they're, they're all angry. Like, I, I started chirping them after we lost because why not? They were so angry. They're, just, they're just so angry. They I honestly I didn't know how to win. They didn't. they didn't like they didn't know how to handle it. I mean, that's a, when you beat your rival for the first time in a decade after, uh, you know, in, in front of tens of, of people in the crowd. You know, it, it's I could see how you get excited with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that all 17 fans didn't storm the field after that one. But good for USC, um, you know, uh, with probably with all the nil money that their players have been making is what they passed on to the ref to not call holding calls. Uh, and, and we can just like blow past that fucking stop sign and not look back, but it's a dog shit program in a horrific city in a terrible state. Fuck everything about USC. Let's focus on the real one South Carolina Gamecocks here in a couple weeks. I got to follow that though. I, I got to put an asterisk there because I think most of our listenership is from the state of California. So we love you guys. <laughs> Don't listen to Steve. Um, but USC does suck. Um, also, have I we ever Diego more than like? Fantastic. I did like San Diego a lot this past summer. Yeah, I mean the Bay Area seems great too. I mean, as a Canadian, that's where we all go anyway. So, um, the one question I have is, um, have we ever tweeted more than like one cheeky tweet to someone we were fighting with before a game after we've won? Like, we've never spent hours fighting over nonsense in replies after we've beaten someone. Like, you know, you move on. It's like, yeah, we won, you suck, and that's it. Like, I, the way they uh, acted was, like you said, and honestly, the, way that we, the way that we approach those wins, it's it's less so that it's like, you suck, it's more like, we told you so, because we just right. know that Notre Dame is legit, and everyone always underestimates us, and then we win, and then it's like, uh, <laughs> hello, like, we've been telling the Clemson, you. The Clemson game, right? Like, we exactly. had, to, we had those receipts for the Clemson game, and we mm-hmm. made sure they were they were posted. Not to make this about a, a Twitter segment, people don't realize we're three people tweeting from the same account. The, it's it, hilarious. Fundamentally, it blows people's mind because we'll, <laughs> one person will attack us and all three of us will come at different angles from it. I try to be sarcastic. Dylan tries to be more analytical and Steve just comes over the top with a right hook. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they can be like, you know, the same person going like 
completely crazy, but we're three people on one account. And the time no, 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 no. It's it's all one person. Let's just gaslight people into just like insanity. Are, are we like Tyler Durden or something? Are we like Fight Club at this point? Are we the like main look, I, narrator? I like to be like humble, and I don't think we're all that great. I'm not arrogant. Like I know we we, we do a podcast. There's lots of other people who do good podcasts, but I will say, I think our Twitter account is the best thing out there. Like it's so chaotic because there's three of us that have different styles. We contradict each other all the time. We say things that blow up all the time. We get tagged in things about Notre Dame as if we were some legitimate news source. It's just the Four Horsemen podcast Twitter account, folks. If you're not following it, it's just it's money. It is just the most ridiculous thing ride. on the internet, and I love it. I love that we have this. Uh, that basically our podcast has turned into that, but it's it's perfect. There was one, and this is the last thing I'll say about that USC game. I like the call to sneak it, Mitchell Palooza on fourth and one. People are saying, oh, why Tommy do that? And then I said I liked the call. <laughs> Dylan didn't like the call. It literally looked like two heads fighting against each other. <laughs> our, our, our tweets back-to-back on our timeline was, great call. I don't understand that call. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're two-point favorites this upcoming Friday, boys. I don't anyone be- who bets on bowl games. I'm sorry. With all of the transfers and draft picks and injuries, how does anybody set a line? Uh, I mean, P-Wag you is making make you a line. line. You either better early or you better late. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. Let, let's get back on the rails. Let's let's turn the tide. You know, we, we have... Friday, what's it, 3 o'clock or 3.30 p.m.? 3.30. p.m. Uh, Eastern. It's going to be on ESPN. I personally am going to be watching this game in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I'm, I'm going down for the, uh, for the weekend to do a little house hunting uh, for my big move eventually. Um, so I will be a South Carolina human being, but I'll never be a Gamecock. I'll always be Irish. So that's exciting for me on my end. But, uh, yeah. Looks like the over-under is 52, so they're expecting uh, a, a decent scoring game that both teams to be somewhere in the 20s or 30s. Uh, South Carolina ranked number 19. They went 8-4, and four, just like Notre Dame, uh, and they also had a win over Clemson as well as Tennessee. But did, didn't their Tennessee win come with uh, without Hendon Hooker? Yeah, so throw an asterisk on that. Uh, Joe Milton just you know doesn't know how to put any touch on a ball. He just throws the ball 122 miles an hour. So, you know, that Tennessee win is negated by the, the way I see it. But they finally did beat Clemson. They have a lot of momentum coming into this game. Uh, either of you, Mr. Wagon or Mr. Dillon, the Canadian, you know, what, what insight do you have? What players are you looking out for? What do you want to see in this game? Well, before we get to that, Steve, it's the long-awaited, much-anticipated guess that enrollment. The University of South Carolina, they are garnet and black. Their mascot is Sir Bid Spur. Uh, they play at williams Bryce Stadium. How many students are enrolled? Guess. 37. Uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'll say 32,000. 35,364 in Columbia, South Carolina, established in 1801. They play in the SEC East. They never won a national championship. They're 1-3 versus Notre Dame. Lou Holtz once coached there. Lou Holtz coached us. They've never beaten Hawaii or UConn. 
like Notre Dame. Northwestern, <laughs> Indiana University, Iowa, Marshall, like Notre Dame. Did, did we beat Mar- didn't we beat Hawaii in a bowl game? We yeah, did. We beat Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl. Jimmy Clausen threw like seven yeah. billion yards after that was, game. That was my first. Happens. That was my first bowl game I think ever as a fan. He had a big black yeah. eye and had to wear a visor because he got punched by Golden Tate out of Applebee's. Uh, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Famous alumni from the University of South Carolina. My aunt, Cody <laughs> and the Blowfish, <laughs> Charlie Weiss. He got his master's there when he was a GA. Uh, Gary Parsons, who founded Sirius XM or XM Radio, Lillian Garcia from the WWE, and Jackie Bradley Jr., a bunch of football players, Jadavian Clowney, most overrated player ever with that one hit against a Michigan running back, whatever. The greatest, Uh, it's the greatest ball don't lie ever, though. It was. Why? What happened? There was a blown call right before that play i don't know if it would have turned the ball over or it was some some kind it of was garbage. it was and a blown then, turnover and then on the next play he literally kills a michigan man takes the ball and then south carolina goes on to win the game so Pick the yeah. ball up with one hand and one fluid motion it was actually an incredible thing to watch <laughs> i watched it live and i like i think it spit out my drink same and the first bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Georgia, Stephen Elliott. Okay, enough. On to the game. What players are you freaking out for? <laughs> see, the whole thing is I see how far I can push these guys until they freak out. Uh, so the, let's talk about the game. Spencer Rattler, he's a quarterback. Uh, he's thrown for 798 yards and eight touchdowns and two wins against Tennessee and Clemson. Um, their special teams, Beamer Ball, is alive and well. They're second in punting average, third in block kits, fifth in kickoff and punt return average, three return TDs, and tied for first in field goal percentage. Uh, John Sott has to have a day for the Irish. And then their pass defense is good, but they're now missing uh, Cam Smith and Darius Rush, uh, along with their third and fourth best pass rushers. Uh, they're missing their top two tight ends and their top two rushers. So essentially they have Spencer Rattler and the student body. And Spencer Rattler with a 16 to 11 touchdown to inter, uh, to interception ratio this year. Um, he, he's had flashes of brilliance. Again, he's a former five-star recruit, very highly recruited over at uh, Oklahoma, transferred over to USC, the real USC. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely been turnover prone. He has heated up recently, so that's the concern. But I, I, you know, they do also have a ton of talent that's going to be sitting out. Obviously, we have Mayer sitting out. Foskey, I imagine, is sitting out as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with Drew Pine moving on, that's going to lead us to my baby boy. He's back. He's fucking back. Tyler Buckner, TB12, the greatest quarterback to ever step foot on a football field that's never actually completed a touchdown pass before, is uh, going to be playing for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in this bowl game. He's the projected starter as of now. Uh, AC joint is all healed on his end. It was the non-throwing arm, but again, that's going to have an effect in the running game. Um, you know, Dylan, you're you're very analytical with this sort of thing. Uh, and then also, Mr. Wagon, you you are able to uh, to draw up scheme and talk about strategy. So I want to hear from both of you. One on the defensive side of the football. What? How are we going to bottle up Spencer Rattler? 
And then on the offensive side of the football with our QB, Buckner, how do you see this game playing out to put him in the best position to succeed? Uh, let's start with you, Dylan, then Mr. Wagon, you go next. So offensively, I heard from a little birdie, and that birdie being South Carolina um, premium boards, um, that they do not have a good rush defense, that they are very horrible defending the run. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, as you guys know, we have a pretty good offensive line, three redonkulous running backs. And then of course, Tyler Buckner, who is a running, uh, efficient running quarterback. So offensively, I think you kind of do what you've been doing all year, but mix in the throw, uh, see how Buckner plays, kind of be yourself, you know, not changing too much here for South Carolina. Um, defensively, you've seen these quarterbacks all year. You've seen CJ Stroud. You've seen the Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. Uh, you saw DJ Uyunglele. Um, not that he's, you know, uh, as great as he once was, but you've seen these high-caliber quarterbacks before. I'm not. I'm not sure there's anything different. Um, it's, I'm curious how the young players will play because I think you're going to see some youth. Um, with Foskey out, okay, you got Jay Samiola, but uh, Josh Burnham's there, the Viper, and apparently uh, Junior Tuihalamaka, the linebacker, has also been moved to Viper. I don't know if that's a long-term move. I don't know if I. I don't know if it's a great asset management to have two of your linebackers from that class go to Viper, but whatever, like, you know, we'll see. Um, but you're going to see youth. You're going to see maybe a little bit of Prince Colley, uh, Jalen Snead, hopefully. Uh, I love that kid. Um, ben Morrison's going to do Ben Morrison things. Uh, Cam Hart isn't playing, so that'll be interesting, too, to see how they how they navigate the second wide receiver on the field. So uh, I haven't prepared too much, to be honest with you guys. I've been worrying about airlines and getting home. Uh, but uh, I think we just play our game, and I think I think we'll be fine. No, you're absolutely right. And <clears throat> Clemson sold out against the run. Syracuse sold out against the run. Uh, every team sold out against the run. And Notre Dame won eight games this year. You get the, You get the ball moving, you're fine. What you need to do, you need to get the man from Jersey, from Don Bosco, to play. You need Steve Angeli to play in the football game. Why do I say Steve needs playing time? You may ask. Because Steve has not broken his shoulder this year. In all fairness, he's a fresh body. He's quarterback number two. So, and I do apologize, he is from Bergen Catholic, not Don Bostro. I'll take my lashes later. Steve Angeli from Bergen Catholic needs to play in this game. Let him run. Let him get game time. You have to almost use him like a middle reliever. So play Buckner, start Buckner, let Buckner do Buckner things, but get Angeli some playing time. Notre Dame has won running a two-quarterback system multiple times before. And guess who the quarterback was when he ran a two-quarterback system? Tommy Reese. And and Everett Golson. So you have a coordinator who's used to that. Why not do it? And then you're you're looking at the Riley Mills, the Nano Safamensas, the Jordan Buffellos, the uh, Merriweather, Tyson Ford. Jalen Sneed, like you said, Uh, Holden stays, Eli Raritan, if he's not hurt. Not sure. Not sure about the health there. He might. So Holden stays probably should have a big game. 
You just need a next man up and replace him. Is Merriweather expected to play? If last time I yeah. heard he was supposed to. It was he's on the call this now. I'm calling this now. He's player of the game. He's gonna he's gonna go off. That kid is gonna score two touchdowns and go for like 110 yards. Yep. Love you it. have their third and fourth corners in. Why not put your six foot two, two hundred and twenty something pound quarterback to slim the ball down the field to Tobias Merriweather? Just saying. Uh, I think overall Notre Dame is favored for a reason. I know it's a bowl game. I know weird things happen during bowl games, but it's Spencer Rattler and the student body playing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah. That, well, question though: Is the student body supporting cast better or worse than Cam Newton's wide receiver cast in his Heisman winning season? <laughs> I'll go on record of saying they are worse than what Cam Newton had during his Heisman Trophy winning season. Spencer That's Rattler is so, not Cam. Let, let, let's just hope they have a better, you know, a few years afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> So here's the only thing that's concerning with me is that Spencer Rattler, uh, he's not a run-first guy, but he he can move around enough. He he is mobile enough, and as we saw, um, you know, along with 72 missed holding calls a couple of weeks ago in Los Angeles, sometimes this Notre Dame team, uh, and especially over the course of the last decade or so, they've they've struggled with mobile quarterbacks. So. Yeah, that's and that's ultimately why I think that you got to get one of these fresh guys on the field, whether it be Jalen or Junior or uh, or or oh my God, the name's escaping me. Burnham, Prince Collie, uh, just okay. because we're just we're not getting the uh, you know we're we're not getting the production from the linebacker position, and the the future of the position is obviously bright. And you know, shout out Drake Bowen, he's he's going to be incredible for us going forward. But unfortunately, he's not going to be suiting up in three days. So in the meantime, you got to go with what you what you have. Uh, and I you know, the hit that Jalen Sneed landed in like the one of the only games that he played, I honestly thought he killed the guy. So why not just put? your most ferocious, fastest five-star guy on the field when he's not going to lose a game, a year of eligibility because he's played less than four games. That's what would make sense to me. Do you, do you guys remember, this is a callback from earlier seasons, when we had a running murder count for every guy that... Uh, that was <laughs> Jeremiah Lusukoromoa, right? The Joker. No, no, no. It was the safety. Uh, not Lloyd Gilman, but... Jalen Elliott. Jalen Elliott. We had a running murder count for every guy that Jalen Elliott destroyed that season. We're going to have to maybe bring that back for Jalen Sneed because, boy, that kid can hit. Yeah. Like, terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to bring this up. Yes, our defense is terrifying. Spencer Rattler, in, in what you said, Steve, you equate him to Caleb Williams' light. Am I am I correct? In theory, you said not give up the big play like Caleb Williams did. He he's a short bus Caleb Williams. Okay, let me continue on with this sentiment. They don't have their top two running backs. Correct. Okay, we're we're following here. If they can't run the ball with them and establish the run, what's the play action pass going to do there? I don't think South Carolina has the guns to outgun Notre Dame. Yes, we lost our top receiver. Yes, we lost our starting quarterback. But Tyler Buckner was the starting quarterback game one. So I think overall, the big plays aren't going to be there. You have your full secondary coming back, full of dudes. And really, what, three people left Notre Dame? Four, maybe, from this game? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Else we have is, talent. With the exception of the playoff games, because those are a little different, we've looked really good in bowl games. Like, I know we lost last year, but that first half was the most dominating performance I've seen in the Notre Dame uniform. Uh, the Camping World Bowl against Iowa State. Do you remember that? Where Chase Claypool basically dunked on every Iowa State player on the field. I, I, for some reason, Notre Dame kind of... They they break out in a bowl game. They show you something new. And I think... Look, you're going to have to stop this run game. If you could stop every receiver Notre Dame has and shut down the passing game, good luck. Good luck stopping the run game. And like you said, I don't know if South Carolina has the horses to race Notre Dame to 20 or 25 or wherever we're going with this. And I think Notre Dame is going to open up the passing game. I think you're going to see a little bit of surprise. I think they're going to run the ball effectively. And I think that's going to open up the throwing lanes. And I think you're going to see – I could see an explosive offense on in this bowl game. And I don't know how it's going to go. You know, it could be nine to six by the end of the day. I just, I, I kind of think Notre Dame's in a good spot here. I agree. Now let's talk historical records here. Since 2008 with the Sun Bowl win uh, with Charlie Weiss, Jimmy Clausen who got punched in the face uh, and had to wear a visor. Notre Dame's won the Hawaii Bowl, the Sun Bowl, Lost the Champ Sports Bowl to Florida State uh, by four. That was bullshit. That was I watched that. It was garbage. So we have two wins. They lost the BCS National Championship game. They won the Pinstripe Bowl, where Kyle Brinza kicked the most field goals ever in Pinstripe Bowl history. Uh, they won the music. Was the player of the game, by the way. That was the he first was. tackle to win player of the game. Uh, he won the Music City Bowl against LSU on um, the last play of the game, 31-28. They lost the Fiesta Bowl. They won the Citrus Bowl. Remember the Citrus Bowl? You know who that yep. was against? LSU. Uh, they won the Cotton Bowl. I'm sorry. They lost the Cotton Bowl. They won the Camping World Bowl and then lost the Rose and Fiesta Bowl. How many bowl wins is that, Steve, since 2000? Six by my count. And how many and all the losses? And all the losses except the champion, the Champs Bowl, was a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah. Just so people know that the bowl losses are because we're playing in playoff or title games. Now... People say, oh, Notre Dame can't win a big game. Anytime you win a bowl game is a big game. Bar, bar none. If you win a bowl game, ostensibly you are a bowl champion. Yes, you're not winning a national championship. It's a game players want to win. You have Buffalo out there today playing. Who knows who they were playing? They were both 6-6. Six and six. They wanted to be there to play. Georgia Southern. You have Buffalo and Georgia Southern playing in, in a game that doesn't matter. There was a fight on the field. It matters to these players. And the Gator Bowl should be New Year's Sits Bowl. I'm pissed about that. That's beside the point. Uh, and also New Year's Sits Bowl, not on New Year's Day anymore because of the NFL. Relegate the NFL. I agree. Relegate the NFL. Uh, I got to actually head out of here in the next couple of minutes. I have uh, husband duties to, to start getting to. So uh, do you guys want to click quickly get into some sort of prediction game for this? Yes. All right, we'll start with you, Mr. Wagon, since you answered first. Notre Dame 42, South Carolina 17. Go Irish. Dylan, do you want to play the game? Let's play the game. All right, count okay. us down from count us down from 5 cuz I need an extra 2 seconds to think about a score. 5 4 3 2 1 I'm good. I'm, 
Okay, I had 33-13. I think we're a little off this time. Okay, um, I, I'm expecting a little bit more offense. I did agree with your analysis. I'm I'm actually expecting us to kind of blow the doors off of people because I don't think they're going to know what to do with t- Tyler Buckner. I don't even think Tyler Buckner's going to know what to do with Tyler Buckner. I have one question here from our mailbag. Uh, first of all, someone has to write an article about the bowl suites. I'm not watching TikTok to find out what people got for their bowl gifts. Uh, this is from Kickoff with Kenneth, uh, finder underscore goat. Uh, I have to ask this question. And then, Steve, you can go do your husbandly duties. Uh, I should probably go hang out with my in-laws that are here. Uh, how many wins against USC would you all trade for a national championship? Bonus, how many wins against Michigan would be worth a title? Now, to answer that question, are we talking about, okay, you win the title this year and then you're going to lose how many years in a row against USC to pay for is that it, title? Is, that is it works? one title or win, if I give up a win, I win a title? No, I think it's how many wins do you give up for one title? Against USC, five. I don't care. Five for, five for three titles. No, that's that's too easy. I, I don't know. I, I mean, a title's five, worth five what? Title. 12 games, right? 12 yeah. games to get to a playoff? So could you, you could go, you go a decade. Could you go I'm, a decade? I'm going, it's a nine-to-one ratio for me. It's a nine-to-one USC loss, or just in this case, even lower case M Michigan loss here. Um to either of those two rivals, I hate losing to either of them. I despise both of them. But if if we lose nine games to them over the course of a decade, but we but in that decade we get one national title, that's the ratio I'm fine with. If we as you could beat us every single year for nine straight years, but in that tenth year, if I get a national title, beat us the next nine in a row. I could care less. I'm staying with five. Five for a title. And for Michigan. I would rather win the only game of the year beat Michigan. I would rather beat Michigan and go one and eleven than win a national title. I am a TCU horn frog through and through for a Max week and Duggan a half. Should have won the Heisman. Um, okay, I'm gonna say ten. I think I would give up a decade of losing. If I won a national championship in 2024, I will go ten years of losing the USC with Michigan. I present a counteroffer, and my counteroffer is this. We win a national championship against Michigan in the national championship game, and I will take an eternity of losing to Michigan. That's my offer. I will lose to – I don't care. I'll stop scheduling them. I don't care. I'll never play Michigan again. I beat them in a title game. I never need to beat them again. That would jump my ratio up to 20 to 1. 20 losses to them to beat them one time in a title game. But after 20 years. But that's against them. That's, you know, that's a higher price we're paying. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a 20 to one ratio for me. Nine to one against USC. How, how about this? We- I'll join the big 10. If we beat Michigan in a title game. How about that? Bet. I'll, I'll give them independence. If we beat Michigan in a title game, but I'm, I, I don't want to lose a regular season game to them. There are fans or assholes and. The last point I want to make is that Michigan fans are assholes. <laughs> Agreed. And I would agree to the terms, Dylan, of joining the Big Ten under one condition 
national yeah. championship scenario. And that's if we beat uh, Michigan, lowercase m, 52 to 3. If we if we win by anything less than forty nine points in that game, I then I, the deal's off. I want an utter and complete destruction of that program to set them back to nineteen hundred when they had their racist ass coach. <laughs> I like how our, our show. And with that, I'm out. I'm gonna take my leave. Everybody, go Irish this weekend. We are going to beat USC, the, the original USC. Screw the Gamecocks. Um, Drake Bowen, you're the man. Thank you so much for all your time. For my two esteemed co-hosts, you guys are awesome. Uh, and thank you for everything. I'm going to leave now, and now you two can just speak awkwardly. Safe yeah, travels. We do, we do have another mailbag to get to. We were supposed to hype up uh, Colin's suggestion, which I totally agree with. We need to bring back the 1970s green and white jerseys and the numbers, the, the colors on the numbers, for sure. If you guys haven't seen Colin Gallagher's um, mocks of, like, Notre Dame uniforms and, like, alternate uniforms, you should check them out. They are unbelievable. Shout out to That's Colin. Great. Does great work. Um, but, yeah, do we, have, do we have any other mailbag questions? Or is, uh, is Kenneth the goat finder? Is that it? Just those two. Uh, Abby does bring up bold gifts. Uh, based on historical gifts that have been given out, what bowl would be your choice any year, any bowl? Nothing else matters. Uh, Mike Golitz said he got like recliners for the Sun Bowl that one year. I, I don't know. I, I would like a recliner, but uh, I, I think the, the whole thing about bowl gifts is just I like to see what people get that they don't need. These people are going to be millionaires or at least 100,000. And yeah. I'll take a recliner, uh, some bowl recliner, twenty whatever. That's a pretty cool gift. That's a lot of money when you think about it for a whole football team. Yeah, and then there was that one team they went to the Belt Bowl and they got arrested for robbing the Belt store. <laughs> no way. Yeah, one, one year, I'm not. Let me pull it up. This is bad radio. Uh, shop football, shoplift, Belt, and they have like. Okay, 2016, University of Arkansas players were given $450 to spend in a belt shopping spree. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, Arkansas tight end, was cited by police at the event for shoplifting nearly $300 worth of additional items. Okay, so he, he took $450, and then he took another $300 on the tops. <laughs> I think the Cowboys drafted a tight end named Sprinkle. That's pretty funny. Uh, so those are, all, those are all the questions here that I can see. Uh, the Sam Hartman stuff. Yeah, let's I talk know, about that. That's a good. That's a good uh, thing to yeah, mention. Well, we'll we'll end on that. He's in the portal now. Uh, Notre Dame can't talk to him till January fourth, so he's probably spending this week looking at the NFL, looking at offers teams potentially could give him. Uh, and there's a lot of just smoke and mirrors around tampering. Yeah, Notre Dame can't talk to him. Are we going to pretend that Notre Dame hasn't talked to him? I think he reached out to them. I, I don't think so, think, too. I don't think Notre Dame reached out first. Although, uh, there was a report last year that Tommy reached out to uh, a certain quarterback who is uh, not in the portal. If it happens, it happens. I, I don't care. All these other teams are doing it. My whole thing is the Reese family has known about Hartman since 2015. Because his okay. father was part of the Wake Forest staff. 
they know what the commodity is. And every all the thing that bothers me on the internet are these Twitter accounts who say, Oh, we need this guy, we need this guy, we blah, 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 blah. they what's the body of work? Um, the names I'm specifically thinking of are Hudson Card and Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall hasn't played a power five school in one. No, but he's got a lot of you know, division one experience and he's performed yeah, really well. I, I agree with you on card. Cards and then eight games. Hudson Card. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that Grayson McCall has experience. Hudson Card has four four games and a cup of coffee. The only reason people wanted Hudson Card at ND, he's now at Purdue, was because of that game against Alabama. That's the only exposure they have to Hudson Card. Well, even then, like, he was okay in that game. Like, I, I had re- uh, tweeted, like, an analysis of it because I was watching it on, on YouTube. And he, he looked good for parts of the game, but for parts of the game, he didn't. It's not like, wow, this is a Heisman quarterback right here. He was a solid quarterback. He's got a lot of tools. But he has two years of eligibility, which would conflict with Tyler Buckner. He's got barely any more experience than Tyler Buckner. So Card was never a top choice for me. It was Devin Leary, Sam Hartman, uh, Grayson McCall, uh, Drake May if he went in, uh, Tanner McKee if he went in. Those were my top names. Um, to me, there's a second tier, and that second tier was your Hudson Cards, um, your Spencer Sanders, your uh, Armstrong. I don't know how to evaluate him. I would have had him in that second tier. I know you like him a lot. Uh, you like Jeff Sims a lot too, which I, I, that would be I thought Jeff Sims. If Jeff Sims came to Notre Dame, I would have been through the roof. Uh, but at the same time, Jeff Sims probably not a Notre Dame quarterback in the offense that they're running. Yeah. If Notre Dame gets card, is going to signal a new era of Notre mm-hmm. Dame. They'll, they're going to move away from the traditional Ian Book, Tyler Buckner. Throw first, then run. Does that make sense? I yeah. think if they get card, they're going to usher in more of a pro style attack, because mm-hmm. then you have Minchie, then you have Card coming up, and with I that, think that's what I, they want. I think that's what Tommy wants. I, I if Tommy stay, there's no indication Tommy's going anywhere. Tommy's yeah. in for at least another year. I think if you move to that pro style attack, you're going to move away from what Ian Book was good at. And I think Notre Dame needs to do that. So ushering in Hartman is ushering in a new offense. Yeah. And we have the receivers for it too. So I, and I'm really excited for the receivers. You know, we saw a lot of great development this year. Uh the recruiting class is excellent. Um I, I like it. I think Hartman look his stats are very solid. Like he was uh you know he's a top twenty, top fifteen ish quarterback in QBR. I'm actually going to watch, I'm going to kind of break down his film later today because he's in the portal now. So I'll kind of look at how he is. Um, but look, he's an ACC quarterback. So he's playing power five competition. He's the all-time leader in touchdowns. Yes, he throws a lot of interceptions. He's a bit of a chaotic gunslinger. And Notre Dame kind of needs that. Like Notre Dame's been very conservative in their quarterbacks, right? And to have a kind of a cowboy go out there and just say, that ah, fuck it, somebody's going to go get the ball. I kind of like that. I, 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 you know, I kind of. Dylan, 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 Dylan. He played against trash ACC defenses, some would say. The defenses we'll be playing against this year, but yeah. <laughs> I ran the numbers. I did the math. Six ACC defenses, two Pac-12 defenses, an AAC defense with a new coach in Ireland who notably doesn't know how to defend the pass. 
uh, one MAC defense, one Big Ten defense, one Ohio Valley defense, and two college football playoff defenses. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to be – he's actually, I think, my age. I Just so people – I have just finished law school. He is still in college football. That is ridiculous. This guy at this point has seen every defense on the planet. Uh, he's a high IQ player. He's been around. At some point, you're just dominating lower competition. I'm excited if he's the guy. I think that would he be great. 23 years old, and he was born in 1999. I'm a little bit older. But still, the point stands, okay? The point stands. Um, I, I think Hartman's a great pickup, but I think it's a solid one-year stopgap. So you're not threatening Buckner. You're not pushing him out because then Buckner's coming in the next season against Minchie and Carr and Angeli as the favorite. So yep. you keep Buckner there because you don't want to lose a talent like that. Um, you have, you're immediately a playoff contender, I think with the quarterback, uh, with this roster you have, the, the schedule is very tough, but I think the, the, the caliber of roster is right there and it's a grad transfer. It's Notre Dame. It, it's such a perfect fit. And I like it more than cards. I, I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel about it relative to like Devin Leary or Grayson McCall. I haven't pecked those guys in an order yet. But those are three guys I would have wanted at the top of my list. I was high on Larry. I was not high on McCall. And I was, I'm was i higher now on Hartman. Uh, watch him in the bowl game. He wants to play football. And I think the, the one thing that people forget, transferring into Notre Dame is very hard. We got a grad transfer kicker from USF. We got a punter from Penn. Our previous punter, Harvard. Yeah. So you have to have an you have to have the credits to get in. If you've already graduated and you want to go to the grad school, you still have okay. to qualify for that. It's not easy to get into Notre Dame. The incoming freshman class, their GPA was a three four. It's not it's a university for a reason. It's not yeah. just saying, oh, let's throw them out there and figure out football. Football first. They came to play school and also football. Yeah. It's just, and people on the internet are calling him the Nets team book because he plays in the slow mesh system. He's 102 years old and he's played in every single football game that you can think of. If you look at the teams he's played, it's just like Sam, Sam Hartman is that old wily cowboy at the corner of the bar. And I'm, I'm pulling up something here. Uh, yeah. I don't need to see him going to Notre Dame. I've read those already. Uh, Sam Hartman, if you just pull up his Wikipedia, Again, he was born in 1999, which is wild. Uh, he has won the Gator Bowl MVP and the Gasparilla Bowl MVP. He has been second-team ACC, third-team ACC. He had a rib removed to play football. This guy loves football. You you don't need someone who knows how to be a pro-style quarterback and wants to Todd Marinovic it and stand in the backfield and just throw passes. You want a guy yeah. who loves football. He'll figure out a way to win. And that's what you said, too. He'll figure out a way to win. He lost a rib to play football. He wears a necklace with a ri- his rib on it. The guy's a wild Pretty guard. Pretty cool. I love him. I, although he's approaching Sean Crawford level of eligibility. So I love it. I, I, if, we, if he comes, we'll do another podcast on it because that's big news. But the exciting news today is that he's entered the transfer portal. A um, lot of tampering accusations out there. If Notre Dame was contacted first by him, I think that's fine. But also, look, I'm more upset about people tampering with money 
than people saying, hey, are you interested in playing for my football program? Yep. There's a difference there. There's a difference. And it's not like our players haven't been offered to jump into the portal either. So uh, because it's Notre Dame, people are going to complain. And that stupid Ohio State guy on Twitter, well, that uh, Bourne or something, a Bucknuts guy. I hate when these when, – if you're in media, like not like us, we're fan media. If you're in media, you're supposed to kind of be unbiased. Like you cover your team. But like the guys at Blue and Gold who cover Notre Dame aren't Notre Dame guys. Like some of them are, some of them aren't. This guy who covers Ohio State is such a Buckeye biased – Oh, he annoys me so much. The first thing he tweets is, well, this is tampering. And then what does the narrative become? Tampering. There's an article out there about his Notre Dame tampering. It's like every school does this, but because you're playing us next year and you know your team's no good next year. All right, throw that out there. Yeah, God, I hate Ohio I, State. I hate those guys. And I think the, the overall message just on Twitter, we got through the first early signing day period relatively unscathed. There's you. We heard it from Drake. Players are human. That's the message I wanted. Players are human. They're not just there for your entertainment. These are people. They are real people. Show some grace. Yep. Except if you're a Michigan fan, then you can. Yeah. Go wherever. Uh, other than that. Ah. Uh, USC, the real USC on Friday. I hate Friday games, but then we'll usher in 2023. I don't think we're going to be signing any more players other than Hartman, hopefully. Um, so we got that. Potentially, Wake Forest's defensive end is also in the portal. I Could heard that, yeah. One deal. We'll talk about recruiting later on. Continue to follow us on Twitter. I have nothing else. I'm ready for the game. I'm not ready for the season to be over. I'll probably cry at the end of the game, as I do every year. And, yeah, Dylan, any last words here? Nothing. I thought that was a great, great pod. It's great to be back with you guys. Uh, thanks to Drake for coming on. That was so cool. Um, and then just, you know, go Irish, beat Cox. Go Irish, beat the real USC.